folks. Welcome to the Jackson Lucas Impact Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Flicker, and it's October, and I think a lot of you know what that means. We have a very special hospitality series for you. Here at Jackson Lucas, we represent many of the top hospitality companies, but more importantly, anyone who knows me knows that I have a very special place in my heart for hospitality and all of my hospitality clients. So please remember to subscribe and share with your networks and enjoy the series. So Sean Michael Cummins, I hope I pronounced it. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you did. Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Um, and I, I'm excited because I feel like I've known of you both personally and professionally through my husband, and I've always heard amazingly positive things. So um, how are you doing today? Doing, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, and yes, uh, your, your, your husband's a very, very important client uh, to me and to our organization. What I, what I love about Russ is we, we always, we always can laugh and have fun and still get some business done as we, uh, as we, as we engage. So it's, uh, it's been a great partnership for me, I think for almost a decade now, if I, if I think back to when I first met, when I, when I first met he and his team. So, uh, and it's been, and obviously it's been great to, to meet you and, and spend some time with you as well. Same. And I, I think make you laugh is exactly what he tries to do. That's his, um, uh, <laughs> all good. Um, so true. You know, so it looks like, uh, you've been with Marriott for a couple of years now. Tell me a little bit about your current role and what it is that you do as the, uh, area, an area vice president at Marriott. Sure. No, happy to. Uh, yeah, uh, next, uh, I think it'll be in April of next year. I'll celebrate uh, 35 years with our company. Oh wow, 35 years! Okay, amazing. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be 35. Yeah, it'll be 35. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one. I'm, I'm not, not like many in our in our organization who have kind of grown up with our company and uh, started at a young age and had the opportunity to do a, a lot of jobs along the way. You know, although three and a half decades is, is a long, is a long time. Um, I, you know, I've been very blessed and been able to do a lot of different jobs and uh, both in, in the field, uh, you know, property operations and then above property and, and corporate work. But uh, to answer your question, you know, day in and day out these days, you know, I serve as one of the area vice presidents, within our owner and franchise full service organization. I'm kind of charged with having the business uh, relationship responsibility between our full service owners and franchise management companies and uh, work with, uh, work with a, a very diverse team that works uh, all of the different disciplines within a hotel from sales, marketing, revenue, digital to all of the operational roles from front office to uh, to catering operations so we we kind of cover the gambit when it when it look when we look at uh the various roles and responsibilities within our within our industry and 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 how we uh how we support our our owners and franchisees along their way that's incredible so did you have another job before you joined marriott uh Actually, um, I, 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 I did, but, but not in a, not in a traditional sense. I, I started with, uh, 
our company when I was 17. I was a junior in high school. Um, Marriott uh, built a, a full service hotel in my hometown of Andover, Massachusetts. And I went to work there. Uh, I went to work there as a banquet cook. And uh, obviously, uh, um, you know, the, the, I guess, as I like to say, the rest, the rest is history, you know, fell, fell in love with the company and the culture. Um, but, uh, you know, along this path, uh, my, my last role, um, I'm coming up on 10 years in this role here in the United States. Um, just prior to this role, I had a, I had a similar responsibility in Canada where I supported our owners and franchisees um, in that line of the business, while also having uh, some line responsibility for full service operations for our Marriott managed hotels. And uh, now Canada, to be very fair, Canada for, for our company was, was uh, structured very differently back when I was, uh, when I was in that role, um, you know, this was pre the Starwood acquisition pre the Delta hotels acquisition. So we were, we were only, I think 70 or 75 hotels when I was in country and uh, covered all of our, covered all of our, all of our legacy Marriott brands at that time. But, you know, now as I look at the Canadian business, you know, it's, it's much different up North. I mean, they have hundreds of hotels today and uh, have a much a much more robust structure than, than what we had when we were just simply 70 hotels on both the managed and franchise um, uh, arm of what we do. I'm sure the, the growth both through acquisitions and just organic growth has been tremendous. I always find a lot of people don't yeah. realize that under Marriott, there are so many different brands. I mean, there's Ritz Carlton, JW. You yeah. also have like, Sheridan and Western, the Weston and Courtyard by Marriott. So that, tell me a little bit about how, how that all comes together under one umbrella. Well, you know, today, uh, today, uh, if in, unless I'm mistaken, I think we're up to 32 brands, 32 lodging brands under, under the Marriott, under the Marriott international umbrella. And, um, as we like to say, you know, we feel we feel very passionately that having a brand in in each lodging segment um, is 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 important to the traveler and in ultimately gaining their long term loyalty um, to our to our our brands and programs. You know, you, you have to have a you have to have a store in every corner, as as they say, and, and we we feel we've got each segment covered. We're going to continue to grow within each of those segments and uh, both domestically and around the world. And I think what's been exciting for, for me when, when I joined the company um, at that point in time, you know, we had obviously the Marriott brand uh, and, uh, and JW. And I think only two of our select service brands, Courtyard, uh, or maybe three, Courtyard Residence Inn and Fairfield Inn were were the only were the only three uh, select and extended stay brands we had at that time. So, again, a much a much different company today, uh, much more focused on on our on our global presence and uh, and uh, according to uh, kind of what's expected of us from either either Wall Street or our owners. You know, we're gonna we're we're gonna continue to grow, and it's been fun to 
been fun to ride that wave over the last three and a half decades. I'm sure. Well, in, in business school, one of my closest friends did a a comparison of of the point system. And at that time, mm. years ago, it yeah. was that the Starwood point system was kind of the most bang for your buck. And I think now that's kind of transferred over to the Marriott point system, especially given you have so many brands. I just know personally, we are, we are huge loyal fans and the idea that you can stay in, you know, any kind of level of hotel and still collect those points. I think that's, that's a win-win to have all the brands under one umbrella just for that reason. Absolutely. It's certainly an important, an important part of our, an important part of our, our loyalty strategy. Uh, I, I would, I would agree with you, Lisa. I think, uh, I think when, um, when the leadership of the company uh, was, was pursuing uh, Starwood, um, you know, one of the, one of the key strategic um, elements of, of the Starwood business that we were buying was, was the SPG loyalty program and platform. And, all of what we've learned about uh, loyalty as, as we've as we've folded in uh, the SPG uh, model with, with with what was the merit rewards model, a lot of learnings uh, along along this way, and I, I do think today we have a very very compelling offering. Um, we're going to continue to work to make that better each and every day. And internally, we like to refer to it as kind of the stickiness of that program. You know, we want we we want every customer uh, to be in love with our app, and the more functionality that we can apply to the Marriott Bonvoy app, um, we 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 think garner share down the road and loyalty, and and that's and that is and that's what's going to kind of drive our broader business platform. Amazing. Any. Um... Inside information on future technology or interesting things. One thing that I've found is the the keyless system is phenomenal. Yeah. Any well, thank you. Yeah, no, that's a yeah big forward? yeah big initiative for us this year. Again, if you if we, in thinking about the Bonvoy, the Marriott Bonvoy platform and and the and the app and its functionality, you know, probably it's very fair to say one of the newest introductions, and I, I think it's a home run, is is mobile key. Uh, the ability to use your phone as your room key is, uh, is something that customers wanted. Um, again, it drives, it drives u- uh, use of the app. And to answer your question about going forward, I, I think as you look at each element of a guest stay, we're going to be looking to add in functionality uh, to the app to make that exchange between uh, their wants and their needs and, and what we're delivering at the end more seamless. So on the docket now is further integration of, of our food and beverage platform. You know, being able to order in-room dining or a club sandwich at the pool um, is all technology integration that we're working on right now. Further on down the road, uh, there's there's strategies around, much like you can pick your seat on an airline today, maybe you want an aisle, maybe you want a window, maybe you want front of the plane, maybe you want back. Um, uh, it'd be very, very similar functionality for our hotels. Are you looking for a high floor, a low floor? Um, 
obviously bed type would, would, would be one of the functions. Do you, do you want or need a, a balcony? And, and how we monetize that for our customer um, on the app is, uh, is, I think, where this is going and, and all of what the team is working on right now. Such an exciting time to be in hospitality. It, it is. There is. There is. There is something literally new every every month, which which I agree with you, Lisa. It's exciting and and candidly, when I'm out traveling each week and in and engaging with customers, whether it be in uh, the lobbies of our hotels or, for that matter, you know, next to a next to an an ambassador level uh, uh, guest of ours uh, sitting on an airplane. That's what I hear most about is, hey, the last time I logged into your app, I noticed this, I noticed this, and I noticed that. And and just the fact that they're picking up on these these additional features and functions, um, I think says to me uh, that our, our, uh, our, our strategies around advancing the platform are working. And then also our, our communications group's doing a great job. Uh, telling them all about these new features, which which I know we spend a lot of time uh, we spend a lot of time on that effort. Out of doubt, I'm sure, I'm sure. So being in yeah. one, working with one company for 35 years is just, I, I mean, you just so rarely hear that. Um, and I'm sure anybody who's listening uh, yeah. who hears that thinks like, oh, it must have just been easy to kind of just rise up. I'd love to hear, you know, yeah. maybe a story or something about kind of challenges or or what it was like growing up in an organization and a time when it maybe was a little bit harder than just like kind of status quo yeah i think uh uh, you know um boy i have i i I have been i have many and i over the three and a half decades uh certainly there have been there have been uh, uh times along my career path where i have come to a Call it, call it that fork in the road. Which direction are you going to go? And for me, um, what I've been very blessed with, uh, and, and it has always turned out to be uh, this case where I had a leader or I had a group of leaders that, that saw potential in me and thought I, could, thought I could take on a new role or a new responsibility and and then at, ultimately in that job, you know, I was kind of held accountable for driving results. And you know, the advice that when I speak on college campuses or when I'm engaging young leaders, you know, you're often asked, you know, you know, how how do I how do I work this machine? How do I how do I make this work? And I always try to say, don't 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 lose sight of of the job that you're in now and performing in that job, adding value to that role and to the company, and that in a company of our size and the way we're growing is just organically going to create more opportunities for you. When I, when I was in the field to share a, a quick story, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of serving as a general manager uh, five different times. I was, uh, I was going to graduate school at the time, I believe, and uh, was, was looking to get into above property work. And, um, and for me, you know, that's a lot to take on. You're taking on a regional role all while you're going to graduate school and all of what graduate school brings for, for, for pressure and expectations. And, uh, you know, I had my, my leader at the time uh, said to me, you know, you've got this. We believe in you. 
We realize there's going to be some ebbs and some flows as you go through your uh, your, your graduate school time. But at the end of the day, uh, you know this is this is a marathon run, not a sprint. And uh, take this time to invest in you, which which I've, I've coveted the fact that the company believed in me enough to say, hey, you know, we realize you, you're going to have schoolwork and other responsibilities as you as you pursue your MBA. And uh, and that I'm, all, I'm always grateful. But it, it, it was really for me moving into a regional role at the time that I was going to graduate school, I think was was really perfect timing. I, I had a complete shift from kind of day to day property operations and, and all of what we do to run hotels to a more strategic lens on the business, um, you know, flying, flying at 25,000 feet, so to speak, and, and getting above some of the day-to-day fray and really looking at strategies and, and, and applications that are going to make the business better across a portfolio of hotels versus maybe just centrally, you know, kind of focusing in on, uh, focusing on the one hotel that I was running at that time. But, uh, but without a doubt, my, um, my, my operations background, my experience in running hotels, I use every single day in the job that I do today, uh, with, with, without a doubt. When you're with franchisees and owners and you're coaching and you're counseling them about our business, you know, in the end, I want them to see me as a strategic advisor. And, you know, sometimes you have to take your Marriott hat off. Sometimes you very firmly wear the red cap when you're when you're presenting topics. But in the end, the, the credibility that you bring to the job as someone who has sat in the chair of a, uh, uh, as a GM is very powerful. And, and it, it adds a lot to what we do. And I think it keeps uh, a, it keeps us grounded in that. We're not going to be giving advice for these pie in the sky ideas that could never be pulled through ultimately to the associate experience or the guest experience. And uh, I, I, I think my owners and my franchise management companies look at me as a, as, as a guy who is going to kind of speak the truth, but also make sure that we can pull it through. Well, I, I always find when I speak with people who stay for a while that there's a certain mm. skill set that so there's an expression there's a book i once read called what got you here won't get you there and so the ability i read to, it i read it's a great one right so the and the concept is yes great. like it, it embodies every leader what what makes you great at doing the work when you're able to kind of gain mm. that foundation and then to be able mm. to take that to get to the next level as a leader you know what are some of the things that may be an, an advice you might give to people who are trying to climb up the corporate ladder without having to leave your company? How do you how do you navigate or how did you navigate moving up the ranks and getting seen as a as a different person every step of the way? Yeah, thank you. Uh, great. It's an excellent question. And, and that is that is one of my uh, most favorite books of all time. Um, I remember uh, our regional HR leader at the time that I I was uh, appointed my first vice president role with the company. Uh, he gave me that book, Lisa, and said, Sean, I've read many books. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I enjoyed it and how much it helped me. 
and there's one concept within within that author's uh, framework that has stuck with me since the day that I read it, and 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 I think it's helped me be a better above property leader and grow my career in in, in different directions. And that's that's this concept of feeling that you need to add value to everything that your team is producing. Um, it kind of gets under this concept of, you know, you have to let your team grow and flourish and fly on their own. And there, there's not always this need for you as the leader or the boss to, um, to step in and uh, change change things, uh, add, add this, add that, delete this, delete that. Um, let, let them learn through this experience is kind of what I've garnered from, from that message in the book. And I will tell you, it's, it's on a daily basis that as I work with my team, where they might be working on a project or working on a presentation with an owner, that I almost have to kind of catch myself and, and say, you know, hey, this will work. <laughs> it may not be exactly how you would do it, but let's let them learn. And uh, that is a skill that um, I think uh, many would benefit from. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed today. I've got, I've got a boss today that, uh, that really lives by, by that as well. You know, understanding, you know, let, let each of your leaders kind of be on their own, let them do it their way. They're all going to have a unique style and approach. And at the end, hold them responsible and accountable for the results that they get. And so keep your eye on the end prize, I think is my main message here. You don't need to be into every single slide or every single detail. Um, let your team learn and grow. And, and I think with that, you'll be respected. And uh, your team will honor their ability to uh, you know, truly have authorship of some of what they're working on and not feel that uh, when they hand it to you, it's going to come back looking and feeling very different. I love that. And I, I, I feel like, you know, it's interesting when I, as I've kind of grown up, I've worked with people who are kind of in my, uh, at my, you know, I feel like each level, I kind of work with a lot of the people who are at my level. And now, I don't know, somehow I got old and at the top level, but as I work with people, I realize that the ability to, I, well, let me put it this way. I used to always think that, wow, I can't wait to be the boss because the boss is really like, that's the person who's in charge. And now I've kind of realized that the boss is really in service to the people that they, that work for them, right? It's a, it's a mentorship and a training and a, a giving of yourself that in order to, to properly manage your team, you almost have to like, you you kind of almost work for them. And now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting balance. And I feel like that's what I, I'm hearing you say, where you're 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 kind of coaching, mentoring, guiding the people below you, even if they weren't doing it exactly how you would do it. Precisely. Yeah, this uh the subservient leadership. Um you know, there there are many great books on the topic out there on 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 this very topic, and uh, and I think this goes back to you know the culture of our company as well. Um, you know, over the years, um, you know, Mr. Marriott himself has has published many many lists of 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 how to be successful. Um, they're 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 all great, 
but if you were to look at every piece of advice that he's tried to instill into the company and and what i think we as 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 kind of senior leaders within the company today have a responsibility of pulling through is uh is is trust your people um ensure that if they're if if decisions that you're making around the work that your team does every day that they play a role in how that work is going to be administered to who who doesn't want to have you know kind of an arm in the huddle when it comes to wow this is work I do every day I'd I'd like to be able to uh, I'd like to be able to have a say and have some direction in how it's administered it just it 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 really pushes engagement and involvement uh, that's another core tenet of our company is we realize you're not going to move the needle on anything unless you have very engaged uh, associates and leaders at all levels of the organization. And, and, that, and that's how we try to coach and mentor it. Um, does it work every time? Is it, is, is, is it perfect? No, but I will tell you, it's top of mind every day. And, and it, it's, 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 how we, it's how we try to do the business we do. And I bet at a company like Marriott, the, the leadership training and development is top-notch. Well, well, yeah, as with many, with many large companies, um, you know, there, there is this need to invest in your talent. Um, uh, my favorite phrase is, you know, kind of sharpening the saw as you're, as you're working along this path of, of getting your goals accomplished each year. Yeah, there's absolutely a need to do that. Um, what's changing within Marriott is how we're going to administer to that. The, the, the hundreds and thousands of hours that have been invested in some of the online training platforms that we're sharing not only with our our hourly associate community in in the field but also what's available to us as as kind of corporate and above property uh associates is um it 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 is fantastic work of what what's been done along those lines i think covid kind of drove us to this point a little bit the needing to be more efficient the need to make these platforms available virtually um, uh, the, the cost effectiveness of these platforms, but uh, much has been done in that area. And we're, we're kind of responsible each year, particularly as you're, as you kind of grow in your leadership capacity to ensure that you're investing in yourself and, uh, and how you do that is, is, is what I like is it's kind of up to you. Um, you know, Lisa, you sound like you're a little bit of a reader. I, I am, I'm, I, I love a good book <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and and I think you know that that's all part of keeping this saw as sharp as it can be, um, for not only for your benefit but also you know as you learn and as you grow, you're you're probably going to challenge and stimulate your team in a different way. And again, the work we're doing today is very different than the work we did ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, thirty-five years ago, and it's had to evolve. And I. I'm 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 proud of what the company has put forth for opportunities and options on the training front. I like how much of it now is self-directed. I can 
do it on the road when I'm traveling, or I can do it on, a, on an airplane for that matter if if I've got Wi-Fi connectivity. And uh, and, and we've got to log so many hours a year to uh, to keep pace and and at par with uh, investing in ourselves. I, I, yeah, the technology or that exists in the learning and development world is it it makes a huge difference. It certainly oh, yes. allows yes. for people who yeah. are self starters and care about it to read and jump in. And you know, I, I joke that it used to mean a lot to have a degree from a certain school or a certain advanced mm-hmm. degree, but I feel like it's been a democratized a little in that if you want the information, it's available. You just have to, it might be hard for some people to find it, but it's, it's all out there. So do you have any- It is, it is. Yeah, it is, right? Is it, do you have any tips? So if somebody's working on a team and they want their leader to feel, um, to trust them and to allow them to kind of, are there any things that you've found you've had employees do that has really resonated with you that has allowed, wanted you to help bring somebody along or trust them more? Uh, yeah, I, well, a, a couple, a couple of thoughts along those lines, you know, as I, um, as I work with our groups today, what, what I find myself doing, and for that matter, maybe to more of your question, maybe expecting of them is, uh, is as you're running, as you're running into problems and challenges that you've got to overcome as, as a work group, the advice that I, I try to give is work with as, with as much debate as will go on about whatever the, the issue is that we're trying to solve for. Oftentimes, there's not enough time invested in really boiling down and, 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 and qualifying and, and quantifying what the issue at hand is so that you can explain it to a leader. Um, oftentimes as you're, you know, there, there's, these are usually highly charged, you know, at times they can become a bit emotional topics when you're, you're, you're trying to solve a challenge that seems to be insolvable. Um, your, your ability to explain it, to a leader or for that matter, a, a, maybe a colleague working in another work, um, in another work stream, I think is very important. If you can't boil it down and really explain what the challenge is, I have found you're going to have a hard time getting help. Um, but if, if, if it's clear, then the leader can play a, a huge role in connecting you with uh, either outside or internal resources that can help you work through it. It may, it may simply be the, the introduction of a, of, a, of a new member onto the team that has that level of subject matter expertise. Um, and as you can imagine, some of the challenges we're trying to solve for are highly technical in nature. There's, there's, in many cases, there's an operational application to where, you know, once we roll this out to the field, the field's going to kind of figure out how to implement whatever we're implementing. But, but more often than not, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a technological hump that we've got to get through. 
and ensuring you've got the right people engaged there is going to be critical, particularly in, in the Marriott world where most of our stuff before it can be adopted at the property level has to go through, you know, security screens and various various applications and implementations to ensure it's going to work, you know, in our in our ecosystem. Um if if you don't have the right people there, uh, you're you're probably going to hit a dead end. But but being able to secure the support and the resources to help you work through that problem, I think hinges on your ability to be able to articulate what the challenge is to the leaders, and 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 that will and and I think there's oftentimes not enough time invested in really boiling down what the challenge is at hand. Yeah, and having effective communication skills is, uh, I agree with you, that is that is something that often the smartest and the best and the brightest struggle with. But you know, I, I often will tell people when you go in to your, to your leader to talk about an issue, think about how you would solve it and propose it. And I feel like people, leaders, even if they're not going to, even if they're going to explain to you why that doesn't work, I feel like it's an appreciated exercise because sometimes it just gets everybody's juices flowing in an interesting way. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot, Lisa. I, th- I was thinking back over over my career and the times that I've gone into my my boss or bosses and said, you know, hey, boss, here's the here's the challenge. Um, what I always looked forward to was the boss that said to me, huh, that's interesting. OK, Sean. Have you thought about it this way? Because as you presented it to me, you know, you were you you have some natural biases, maybe in the way you presented it. But what if you were to flip it 30 degrees and take it from this angle or flip it 165 degrees and take it from this angle? Um, that's the kind of coaching and mentorship I think that's always it really inspired me. Is is someone who could help me think about it differently? Um almost Maybe maybe at times I'm, I'm sure this I know this has happened where I, I needed a good course correction and maybe and maybe the path that I was following and um, and then conversely um, just back to what we were talking about a few moments ago probably what made me nervous over my career is when you when you brought like the challenge and and the boss felt that they had to solve the problem right then and there. Oftentimes, that's not why you sought them out as as the associate. You, you were looking for guidance and counsel and inspiration, and and uh, and, and so I, I think that's delicate. That's that's delicate as well. And I think the leader has to recognize when 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 they need to step in and and uh, course correct, and and when they need to just provide a different perspective to ensure that. Really, at the end of the day, uh, the problem is solved. It, it's it's solved across all channels and all venues, and uh, and we have uh, we have kind of an improved business environment as a result. I feel like that's good for a leadership book and a parenting book. So you you have an app. Yes. You want to do some writing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think at times I'm uh, I'm. I try to be a better, I think at times I may be a better leader than a dad, um, but there's a lot to be said for trying to manage a 13 year old. And, um, uh, and then again, how I grew up too, you know, I'm sure my dad 
who I, I thought was my I thought my dad was an excellent manager and 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 uh, led a lot of people and uh, um, had a lot of success in his career. But I never felt like I was managed that way. But uh, but it's I guess it's different at home. But but still, there's there there are processes that apply and. And I, I, thanks for reminding me of that. We need to, we need to, we need to carry that home as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, to that, or have there been any, you know, your dad or otherwise, any mentors that have really mm. had an impact on you and your career? Y- yes. Um, you know, just to just to step outside the the the, the many men and women that I've worked for in this company over 35 years, um, I, I will tell you the, 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 which, which, which the vast majority have been phenomenal and fantastic. But the, the, when, when I, when I'm asked that question, I often think about my teachers over the years and, and those, in industry that I've not worked directly for kind of this concept of having your own kind of uh, board of directors, your, your own, your own individual board of directors, people that you lean on that you're, you, you, you probably started out having a bit of a business relationship with, but it's more now turned into a friendship and mentorship. Um, those, those are the ones, uh, that, uh, I, I I cherish the most, particularly my teachers. You know, when I when I was back in high school, you know, I went to a trade school, um, uh, was learning the culinary craft, and uh, you know, my 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 shop instructor um, uh, was instrumental in uh, in kind of shaping me into the kind of the type of leader that I wanted to be. He was a very very diverse man. Um, had a lot of interests, you know. Was was a, was a great athlete. Was a uh, was a, was 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 a great culinarian, uh, great dad, a great husband, and uh, and I think back on him uh, quite often and say, hey, you know, how do how do I be like Richard Coakley? Um, you know, what what are the things? You know, how how might he handle this kind of situation? So, my my teachers over the years have been very very. Um, uh, important to me, and in and in graduate and undergraduate school and in graduate school as well. Um, what I loved about graduate school was working in a classroom environment with students that were from very different backgrounds than mine. You know, I was in, I grew up in in hospitality. This is all I've done in my whole life. But to sit in a room full of engineers and doctors, some lawyers. And to listen of their experiences and kind of what shaped them, um, you know, I, w- I would include my my graduate school peers in that in that group of those that have influenced me and and who I've tried to emulate as I've as I've grown a little older here. I love that concept of a personal board of directors, and I think I'm trying to no, think of all no. the different leaders I speak with, and I feel like they all. They might not call it that, but they all they all have that, right? It just it's something that builds organically as you're kind of moving up the ranks. And I think that being able to bounce ideas off of people who have been there before and who you trust that that's that's ext- I feel like if people just listen to that one piece of advice, I feel like this podcast will be worth it for them. 
Yeah, I and the selection of those individuals, Lisa, as you, as you know, it it it's going to it's going to um, evolve and and change and become enhanced. I think over time, you know, I remember when I when I was first introduced to the concept of you know having kind of this little personal advisory board. You know, these three or four individuals that you touch base with, you know, once or twice a quarter. Um, you make an effort to engage them on various topics that maybe you're struggling with or to which you need advice on. And for me, I've been very fortunate. Um, mine's kind of grown from three to four to six. And and those those six individuals, uh, two happen to be within our company uh, that that I, I just they're they're wicked smart. And I enjoy I enjoy their perspective. I know if I bring them something, they're going to think about it differently than the way I'm thinking about it. But but also to expand that, I, I think where I probably started out, maybe 50-50 internal versus external. You know, I now have two today that are internal and four that are external. And, and only one of my externals is actually an industry person, uh, you know, a, a hotelier. And and again, to kind of have life, business, uh, things you're working through <laughs> kinds of conversations is uh, uh, we all need that. And, and uh, I, I appreciate you bringing it up as being a, maybe an important takeaway today. Um, but 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 also know that I hope for those that maybe take that advice, that it, it evolves over time for them, that they they're not limited to two or three or four, that they're not afraid to grow it to six. And if anything, it challenges you each quarter to touch base and connect with those individuals, which I think in the end helps to grow your network because inevitably they're probably connecting me with someone else. Oh, you ought to, you ought to maybe link up with this person on LinkedIn, make an introduction and you know, get 30 minutes with them when you're in Chicago next, go to lunch. This is this is this is a person you know you need to know and um, and I think would add value to just you as a as a person and as a business leader. And that networking, which is pro- you know kind of the last mm. the last thing that you just touched on, but the, that networking yeah. gets more and more important throughout your career. And it's interesting when I go to these industry mm. events, I always see the same people there, and they're kind of like old friends now, right? I've known them for 25, 30 years. I've seen them in and out of these different conferences. And I feel like, you know, you go out to Alice and you're like, I know everyone here and this is wonderful. And I know, you know, this person should meet that person. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of connecting people. I think that's, that's a, um, a gift that you can give to anyone around you. So I, I try to do yeah. that. As I, yeah. I, I wish, you know, because I, I think you're always, I think, you know, a good goal for each year is to always try to be working on something meaningful. And um, I, I too, uh, you know, Lisa, enjoy, enjoy, you know, going to Alice each year. We attend the NYU industry conference each year. I feel the same as you, 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 it's, it's like, it's like, a, it's like the Christmas party, right? right <laughs> you're going to exactly. see people that you saw six months ago and, and, and it's wonderful. It's a great, it's a, it's a great experience, but, you know, for me personally, I I think what I've got to get better at, and and I think not only to help my company, 
but to help our industry, to help the work that we do, you know, the work I'm currently doing in, in owner services and, 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 and franchise services is, is to be better connected with my peers at other lodging companies that do similar kinds of work. You know, it's, it's, it should not be a surprise that we're all working with the same owners. We're all working with the same franchisees. Um, you know, what they're telling us are their key challenges. I'm sure my, my counterparts with, with, uh, with, with Hilton and Hyatt and IHG are, are probably fielding the same. And yet, yet having that relationship and that connection, I, I think is probably my greatest opportunity. How do you, how do you, how, how do you better kind of think about what we do as an industry and not maybe just the silo or the company that you're working within? And, and certainly you'll hear some different perspectives on the challenges at hand as you're engaging others in similar work. Well, I do run a few roundtables similar to what you just oh. described. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk offline. That, that would be, yeah. uh, I think it would be great. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. So now, Thank you. <laughs> it's a little bit chilly and rainy here in New York, but this is the, the last portion of the podcast where we call it the hot seat. Are you ready? Okay. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofit startups and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities reduce turnover and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So they outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com. K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, okay, okay, I'm ready. I got <laughs> Get I your do fan out. Here we go. <laughs> so okay. first question, do you have a book or podcast recommendation? Um, I do. I do. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the book route. And and it's not because uh, I just bought it, but because it was a high recommend to me, and I think it'll match up well with the uh, with the uh, the calendar and what we're all preparing to embark upon with this uh, with this political season on our doorstep. And and it's it's a book by Eliza Klein, and and it's titled "Why We're Polarized." Um, I'm fascinated by the subject. Um, not that I will ever be a, a political scientist or try to figure out what we're doing, but that's my recommend for right now. I think we've all got to be armed for the next few months and open our scope and our, our kind of our aperture for thinking differently about the challenges that our, our country and our world have to solve. And, and uh, this book was turned on to me to help uh, improve my understanding as to how we how we got to where we are today and and i understand there are some ideas in here as to as to how we uh, as to how we move forward 
I'm definitely going to read that because I think that the world, um, kind of like a big company, we're we're one country, right? This idea that everybody can't can't like get it together to I don't know. It's I think I'm definitely curious to hear the root cause of polarization. So I'm I'm going to read that too. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Yeah. The other one, as, as a close second, just to just to sneak it in, because yeah. I've become a huge, a huge fan of it is uh, if you haven't read The Creature from Jekyll Island, Ooh. it is a fan. It, it's a fantastic read. Um, it, it, it looks back at the creation of the Federal Reserve System, which, again, not to not to kind of maybe dive into the, 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 the politics of the day, but, you know, monetary policy, I did not know a lot about um, how, how the interworkings of our banking system and how the interconnected that is with our economy is, has been a, has been a good learning for me, but I just, I just wrapped up the creature from Jekyll Island, fantastic read and, uh, and, and I high recommend. Thank you. I love that. I hope uh, I'm going to definitely read both of them. So we'll, we'll talk. So tell me a little bit about, do you have a most memorable deal or something that you've done in your career where, like, when you think back, that is kind of the most memorable moment? Um, I mean, 35 years uh, ago, you probably have a lot of them. I, 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 I have a few. I have a few. But um, the one that I'm going to share with you um, has continued to serve to me is continued to serve for me today as uh, as an example of of our of our company and who we are and what we try to be um, uh, our work ethic um, our commitment to associates and and it, it this was uh, this was on uh, this was on the eve of uh, of hurricane uh, hurricane Katrina hitting the new the New Orleans market it was the very first day that I served in my regional role, the my very, you know, here you are, a first time regional and your first crisis on your very first day of work is Katrina has just demolished an entire market and, uh, and, and, and so something that they're still recovering for today. But the memory for me, Lisa, was um, uh, being in New Orleans with, uh, with our teams there, loading up charter buses um, uh, of, of, of associates that had nothing left. Their houses were gone. Their, 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 their life was, was figuratively and literally underwater. And to be uh, shoulder to shoulder with the leaders in that market and loading our associates up on buses to take them to Atlanta and to Memphis, um, uh, Nashville, uh, countless markets around the, around that that area um, was was uh, uh, a, a a memory I will, I will I will never forget. And then as the months went on, and to be serving in the in a role where I got to see a lot of properties and and, and conduct hotel visits and and to run into housekeepers that were in Nashville that we helped onto that bus. And for them to come to me and say, "Mr. Sean, do you remember me? You know, we were we were we were on bus three, <laughs> and we live in Nashville now, and we never went back. And you know, I'm working. I've worked here at the the Renaissance in Nashville ever since I ever since we landed here in Nashville. Um, 
those those are stories of uh, of uh, I, I think just our, our 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 culture, what we do when a crisis hits. Although crises have kind of their own aura, I think we're are at our absolute best in a crisis, and uh, and we show our culture. Um, uh, we we truly show our culture the most during those instances, and uh, for me, uh, that's one I'll never forget. That does sound unbelievably like a moving moment. Uh, oh, wow! Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit, I'm sure you've hired a lot of people throughout your career. What do you look for when you hire somebody? Is there any any particular trait or character? Obviously the skill set, but beyond that, do you have any interesting yeah. questions? Or I, I we spoke with somebody recently and they asked, um, they said, "Tell me a joke." That was that was kind of what they they wanted someone who could think quickly on their feet. Yeah. yeah, I so um, uh, a, a couple a couple of thoughts. Um, one, when I was on property, um, I I completely lived by our our company's our, our company's headline statement when it comes to hiring, and that is look at look at the individual for their degree of engagement, their friendliness, their overall demeanor, and then. Don't worry so much about do they know the systems and the technical side of the job. We'll train on that, you know. But the foundation of what we do as innkeepers is 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 friendly. You know, are we approachable? Uh, do we care? And uh, if, if if you use that as kind of your going in evaluation point, I've I've, I've never I've never gone wrong. Above property. Uh, for me, it has always been more about the fit. Does does this individual bring attributes to the team that are going to make us better? They often bring very different backgrounds. Are they gonna Are they gonna push us to think differently about a topic? Um, do they You know, will they Will they stand up for what they believe in? If they're If they're If they're asked the most powerful question there is, which is, what do you think? Are you going to get? Are you going to get an insightful answer? And so, in my interviews there, I tend to spend more time kind of probing into the kind of work that they've done, um, the changes that they've been able to institute, the results they've gotten, and then explore deeper into kind of how they got those results. And in my experience, if 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 they if they have the ability to kind of challenge the norm, if they can bring different thinking to the table. Um, personality-wise, they kind of fit with the, the the broader team that they're going to be joining. You'll uh, you'll um, you'll more often than not, I think, uh, make make a make a great selection. That's great. So, last question. This is the Impact Real Estate Podcast. Tell me a little mm. bit about how your job, your mentors, your company makes an impact on the world. Just a little question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, I think I, th- I, th- I think I think first and foremost, you know, in the job that I'm in now, um, it's a job where where you're going to wear multiple hats. You know, when I am with owners and franchisees, I am I'm I've got my Marriott red hat on. We're we're sharing the value of the system, the value of the affiliation. Um, uh, certainly, we are not the low-cost provider of services, but here's the incremental value 
if done correctly, that, that your business is going to garner from a, an affiliation with our company. Um, and then, and then when I'm internal, when I'm with our leaders, I'm wearing my owner hat. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the role of what's on their mind. What are they concerned with ensuring that their perspectives and their point of view echo throughout the halls of our Bethesda headquarters. If, if, if I don't do that, then I think we're, we're, we're missing something. And I think the brilliance of our team when it was originally assembled back many years ago was the leaders at that time knew in order to be a world-class franchisor, you have got to be uh, in tune and up to date with uh, what your franchisees are thinking. And I'm one mechanism in, in a very, very broad net that, that, that works to stay close and in touch, not only with what's going on in the market, but what's going on in the, in the, in the eyes, ears, and brains of our, of our owners and franchisees. And that's, that's, that's kind of our value proposition is, is, to, is to represent both sides appropriately. And at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're a better company because we're in the franchising business. I truly believe that. And, uh, but, but that falls short of, of greatness if their perspectives and their point of view are not shared internally and become part of our decision-making process. Well, Sean, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. It has been really a pleasure to get to know you better and to spend this time with you. And uh, I look forward to many more times in the future, getting together and getting to know each other. Uh, Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well, Lisa. And I appreciate you having me and uh, thanks for the the great questions and uh, for the team you have on your end. Uh, uh, I enjoyed this very much and look forward to getting together soon.